Hey, what's going on, everybody? Today, the pleasure to chat with Canadian country singer-songwriter Megan Page. In this newest episode, Megan shares the story behind her newest single, No Coming Back From You, Lobby Jam Sessions, Life Growing Up in Rural Alberta, What Her Hometown of Millet Is Like, Guilty Pleasures, Upcoming Trip to Nashville, Dream Playing the Grand Ole Opry, and more. Now, with that being said, I hope you enjoy my conversation with Megan. Megan, hello. Hi, how are you? I mean, it, it's 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 good to see you. I, I guess you're, you're busy on the highway, I guess. Um... Doing a lot of gigs and keeping yourself busy. I mean, what is up? What's what's the latest news that, or scoop you can give us? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me, by the way. I'm super excited to be here. Um, so we do have lots of gigs lined up for the summer here. I'm going to be at Pigeon Lake Music Festival um, and lots of other gigs that you can find me at on my Instagram. And then we are headed to Nashville this winter. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I remember reading an article about you um, and you talked very at great length, I guess, about getting to Nashville and sort of, I guess, what's the right word to use or the phrase to use, I guess, getting your feet wet in terms of getting experiences firsthand down in Broadway, I guess, if, if they would say that. I mean, I guess for a lot of people who are in Nashville or who are going to Nashville, is there one thing that you're looking forward to that you've had in your, you've had on your bucket list? On my bucket list, I really wanted to visit the Grand Ole Opry, and we are going to be doing that when we go down there. So that's super exciting. Um, but yeah, it's always been a dream of mine to go down to Nashville. So I'm really excited. Absolutely. Well, I mean, do you know particularly? who you want to see at the Grand Ole Opry? Do you know what show you're going to or anything like that? I'm actually not sure yet. I will have to check that out. I believe we're finding out soon here, but I'm excited to see whoever it is. <laughs> I mean, I guess like one of my dreams is also to go to Nashville and to see uh, a, a live show at the Grand Ole Opry as well. I think my favorite to, to go see is um, Vince Gill, um, I would love to see him live in concert. Um, I think I think he came down to Toronto once. I think he came down to Toronto recently with the Eagles because he's an honorary member of the Eagles. So I remember, but I mean, I don't know. Like for me, it's like I don't. I'm not a big fan of the Eagles, even though I like their music. Um, but I don't listen to them often, so I guess like I'm not really a huge fan of them. Um, Particularly, I'm just like more a fan of Vince specifically. Yeah. So, so if it was like his whole band and not the Eagles or him himself to come down to Toronto and play a show, that would be better for me, I guess, because everyone loves the Eagles, I guess, but also everyone loves Vince's music. Um, right. But I want to talk about something that I found so hilarious, um, but so cool, I guess. I don't know where you were uh, recording this video. You were recording a video. Um, I don't remember what the cover was, but I think you're sitting down with a group of people in a hotel lobby, I guess where it was. Um, and I was, I was, there's a guy in the video that I was like, is that Jojo Mason? Um, so let me ask you first and foremost, let's confirm. Is that Jojo Mason in the video? It was Jojo Mason. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, tell us, tell us about that video. What is going on there? Yeah, absolutely. So in that video, it was CCMA weekend, the last CCMA weekend. I was fresh in the industry at the CCMAs. I had never been before, so it was my first time. 
Um, and we do these things called lobby jams. So everybody gets together in the lobby and brings a guitar and we all just jam together and sing some great music. There's amazing artists that sing there. Um, and Jojo was, he walked up to the group and everybody kind of went around and sang. And then I was singing and that's how I met Jojo Mason and the rest is history. <laughs> I mean, what else is history um, in terms of your career? What else do you consider history making, I guess? That's a good question. History making. Honestly, I think just releasing music. That is something I dreamed of since I was a little kid. So being able to say that I have music out into the world is so surreal. And I'm very grateful. I guess I guess the more important question I want to ask was I guess for people and people can talk about in interviews or our podcast in general about you know what artist is life growing up but for you I guess growing up in rural Alberta um in Millet Alberta um let me just say Alberta is a beautiful place if you haven't been there um we just recently went down to Calgary um and uh, Banff and Lake Louise. And if you haven't been now there, go down there. It's really beautiful. And it, it is it is a very beautiful place. I mean, tell us about Millet, Alberta. What is it like there uh, for people who are unfamiliar with that, uh, I guess, area specific? So Millet is a very small town. I don't know the exact amount of people who live in Millet, but not very many. So I actually live just outside Millet on an acreage. Um, so I assume in Millet that there's probably a very small community, but I never really got to experience that. We were just kind of out on our own in the country and we grew up just carving sticks and <laughs> being country kids, I guess. Oh, I, was, no. <laughs> I was, I was actually curious to to ask you if you've seen that video of Luke Combs and, um, um, him paying back these two little boys. Um, who, who, uh, I think they stacked four, five cords of wood, I, I guess. Um, and he, he basically was saying that, um, how much were your tickets, uh, to the show? And he says a hundred dollars, but they said $200 each. Um, and he says, I have 145 right here. Um, pay yourselves back. Um, and so I guess that's, I guess what you call real country. If you're stacking cords of wood, um yeah. is it i don't know this something like is, is so weird to me is it do you ever feel it's weird when people say that like how do you know if somebody's country like do you ever like get those questions from people to ask you about like what makes you country you know I like yeah um so the way i would personally say it would just be living in the country because there's a lot of city kids who like to dress up like country kids and it just doesn't work. I mean, it can work for some people, but I feel like the definition would just be living in the country. <laughs> Don't ask me, though. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it looks like outside your window, it definitely looks like it's um, you're in a nowhere town, looks like. Um, <laughs> where where are you right now? Let me ask I'm you that in Rolly View. So Rolly View is a little, little town. They only have a church and a gas station and I'm parked in the church parking lot right now. Well, I guess if that does not scream country, then I don't know what will. Um, I mean, I want to read a quote that you said about um, Alberta. You said growing up in rural Alberta, 
um, close connections with your uh, with your community were very important. And music is something uh, you hope will make people feel connected to you. Um, do you feel when you look on your when you reflect on your career, even though you're young, I would say, but like when you reflect on everything you've done so far and experiences you've had, what sticks out the most to you? Ooh, what sticks out the most to me? Okay. Hmm. Honestly, just because my favorite part about my job, I guess you could say, is meeting people and obviously connecting through music. So my favorite thing is when people come up to me after a gig or they comment on my post or message me on Instagram and they just say like, wow, I really felt that. Thank you for like, I don't know, giving us that, I guess. My favorite is when people can kind of feel what I'm singing and they're in that moment with me. So there were a couple moments like that where people have come up to me and thanked me, <laughs> I guess. Well, I mean, doesn't it, I guess, feel satisfying and validating to know that people are appreciating what you're doing, even though you might be a young age and doing this as like a full-time thing. Um, what does it feel like for, I guess, artists like yourself to know that people appreciate what you do? It makes me feel a little bit nervous. Um... But I, that's my favorite part. If other people are enjoying listening to me, then that's the goal. That's the goal. I understand that some people may not like my style or something like that. But the people who do connect with me are my people. I'm very grateful for them. Absolutely. And um, I want to know this. What what makes you nervous? Is there anything specifically that makes you nervous but like I, I'm, I, I don't want to like put this as like a girl thing because I know there's like a lot of people and a lot of girls who will say they're nervous, um, um, for no particular reason. I have no clue what it is. Um, I don't know if they're just doing that because they don't feel nervous or they do that because they want to make themselves feel nervous. What makes you feel anxious? I guess. So I think what makes me feel anxious is just having all eyes on me. And it makes me nervous to know that I could possibly disappoint people in my performance, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, I think that's the scary part about it, is not knowing if it's going to go well, if people are going to like you, if all the what ifs, basically. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I want to talk about, um, as we were talking about Mila Alberta and growing up in rural um, Alberta, when you think about where you live and where you've grown up, um, is that important to you to know that living in a small community has been such a, I guess, an integral piece of your what your career is now in terms of growing up in, I guess, what they would call a nowhere town? Yes, absolutely. I definitely wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for the support of the people in my small town. Um, so yeah, 
I definitely, like I said, would not be where I am today without them. I mean, I want to ask also, I mean, who were some of your, I guess, heroes in country music that you look up to now or you've looked up to in the past? Okay. Um, heroes, do they have to be in country music? Actually, you know what? I'm just going to give you a little bit of both. <laughs> um, so my number one is Adele, which isn't country, but I've looked up to her since I was a little girl. I've always just wanted to be like her and sing from the heart. In country music, um, I look up to a lot of people in country music and not even people who are, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? I guess a little more well-known. I look up to people who are my friends and they, the smaller people as well. They're all so talented and they all have so much courage to get up on a stage and put their heart out on the line and hope everybody enjoys it. So I look up to a lot of my peers who I'm in the industry with now. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I, I do want, I guess, when I interview people and I and I bring people on this podcast, I know a lot of people can say it's an interview and I know a lot of people can say podcasts or interviews. They're not. They're, yeah, no. they're, they're They're not an interview. Don't call it an interview. Like job interviews are jo interviews. Like, right. But when you do a podcast, it's not like you're like interrogating the person. Right. Like, like, even though it, it may feel like that to some people who I don't know who feels like that. But um, when I do podcasts and I bring on people, I, I like to make it a, a conversation between a friend and a friend. Um, yeah. And it's not like I, I want to, like, have attention on this. I just feel like people have to use the, the right word to describe what it is. It's not an yeah. interview. It's a conversation that you're having. Um. I mean, how are you feeling in this so far? I'm feeling good. How are you feeling in this? <laughs> well, I mean, I guess we haven't gotten to the deep parts yet of this interview, but um so <laughs> let's 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 do that now. I want to I have a game that I want to play with you. It's called How Deep Will You Go? Um oh. So, um there's three levels, actually four levels. Three levels is icebreakers level two conf uh, confessions and level three is getting deep um so your first question on level one icebreakers if there was one thing that you could compliment yourself what would you say compliment myself does it have to be physical it can be anything i mean whatever you feel that if you could compliment yourself with something what would it be I think it would, this is going to sound so cheesy. I think it would be probably my heart. I'm a very giving person and that can definitely turn around on me very quickly. But I just, I hate making people feel bad, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like we've all felt bad at one point in our life. And I will just do anything to avoid making anybody feel like that. So I feel like I have a very big heart. I think that's one thing I would compliment on myself. And if and if you don't mind me asking, what sort of, could you elaborate on, on what you mean by that? Because I feel it's interesting because I don't know if it's like you feel like it's a guilt thing or if it's something that like in general that you just feel bad for somebody for no whatever for whatever reason it is i don't know what it is but 
is there something particular that goes hand in hand with that that you feel makes you feel that way? Yeah, so I feel like at one point in our lives, we've all been told, I don't know, we weren't good enough or you're not good enough at this for this or you're never going to do that or something like that. And I've always just wanted, I've never understood why we couldn't just lift each other up and support each other when, because we all doubt ourselves as well. So I don't know why we all just can't support each other instead of making it worse or harder for people. Absolutely. Well, level two's confessions and your question is, what is a conspiracy theory that you believe in? A conspiracy theory that I believe in? I believe that there are aliens. I do not believe that we are the only people here. If Yeah. So, you, so, so let's just confirm you believe in the Area 51 things. Okay, I don't know if I'd go that far, but I just I just know in my heart that we are not the only people in this universe. There has to be something else. Do you okay, I guess I don't know. People people feel like there's um they have um a tendency to not believe in that there's paranormal people um or or ghost things. Like for me, I believe in them. I definitely like 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 I believe in them. Okay, here's the here's the thing, okay, folks. Um I there there's this thing that happened um uh with my I think with my grandma when she passed away. I remember um having this horrible nightmare of like I just felt like she was still alive somewhere. Um and then she sort of like comes to greet you. Um in your dreams, I guess. And it felt so oh. real. Oh, man. How old was I? Oh, probably 17, 18, or 19, I think. Yeah. So, okay. so, it, so it wasn't like totally long time ago. I mean, um, but I guess, do you believe in the paranormal let's let, let's just I yeah a hundred percent i definitely do i've seen it i've heard stories it's just yeah <laughs> okay so with that being said let's get to level three getting deep and your question is if you could describe your lowest moment in life and how did it help you grow okay my lowest moment in life. Okay. <laughs> so I went through a really bad breakup. It wasn't a great relationship. Um, and then after that, I definitely had the lowest moment in my life just because other things were also going on and it all hit me at once. Um, it was one of those can't get out of bed for weeks on end and all that fun stuff. And then my mom finally said, you know what, I'm going to book you in for a facial. You need to get out of the house and do something. So I went to get a facial at this place in my town. It's called Elements Day Spa. And my now boss asked me while he was doing my facial if I needed a job. And I said, yes, I do need a job. Why not? And I started working there and it absolutely changed my life. And I 
definitely oh no okay do you hear me Yeah, I can definitely hear <laughs> you. um so yeah i'd say that definitely helped me out of that low point and it made me appreciate every kind of little moment that i have because i've never felt like that before and i never want to feel like that again so it makes me appreciate the little things and yeah Absolutely. And so I guess the, the last question for this game is it, it's a wild card question. And I feel it's so interesting that I really want to get your take on this. I mean, I guess as you, I don't want to use the word navigate, but if you, as you go through this thing called life, uh, I guess when you ask yourself or you go through a lot of experiences, you kind of sit down with yourself and you kind of like generate these thoughts of like, these questions in your in your head that you want to have answers to if there was one question that is on your mind that you would want to ask what would that be Whoa, okay. That's a heavy question. Okay. One question. I'd want to know if there was an afterlife. I think that might be my question. I believe that there is something after this lifetime, but I would just want confirmation. Absolutely. Well, I mean, let's get into talking about, I guess, the music that you've created. Um, you've had a song called Best I Never Had. You've had um, a, a, a ton of uh, great music that you've released, and you've also accomplished a lot. And Best I Never Had was written by Matt McVaney, Grammy-nominated country star Cassidy Pope, and Grammy-winning songwriter Emily West, White Waistband. Uh, as well as being produced, uh, produced by CCMA multiple award-winning Travis Switzer. Tell me about this song and where did it come from? Yes, so Best I Never Had was the first song I ever released and it is my baby. So over COVID, I met Travis Switzer, who is my producer. Um, and he showed me a couple of songs and this song I absolutely fell in love with because I was actually going through this at the time that he showed me this song. So it's about being in love with someone who doesn't like you back. <laughs> um, so it really spoke to me and I just fell in love with it and I knew I had to record it. So I said, Travis, please, 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 please help me record this song. And we got it, recorded it over COVID. That was interesting. <laughs> And then released it first release. Absolutely, and for sure. And um, I mean, knowing this, I guess the story behind the song now, I mean, I, I want to read something that um, you said about the song. You said the song is, this song is one that holds such a relatability as references the feeling of being some, of loving someone who is your ideal person, but not knowing whether or not that feeling will be reciprocated. Um, I mean, how how do you sort of bring yourself into that headspace of creating songs like that? I guess more than ever now, there's there's like songs of heartbreak. And I guess it does come from a lot of those, those type songs come from those moments. And then 
I guess people can say it's depressing in, in one angle of it, but um, how do you bring yourself to the headspace and to create something that's, I guess, sad-ish? Sad-ish. <laughs> um, so do you mean like in the recording aspect or in the writing aspect? I mean, I guess, I guess it could be not only the recording aspect, but I guess it takes a lot of mental as well to bring yourself back into the headspace of like playing this character. Um, yeah. You know, like it's, I guess there's things that you can talk about in movies or in, or in fairy tales about characters playing a story and telling that piece um, with genuine feelings of what's going on in the situation. So I guess let's put it this way for you playing the character of Megan playing that role of, that girl who's singing best I never had what are you telling her in that song for people to hear I guess okay so I guess to bring me into that space I don't really view it as characters per se I believe we've all kind of been through this situation before I know I personally have so um it was definitely coming from a place of experience and if I could tell one thing to someone who's going through the same situation, it would be if they don't want you, then they're not the best you never had. <laughs> There's someone who is going to love you for every single part of you, no matter what. And that person is meant for you. Absolutely. I mean, there was this one line of the song that um, I guess that, um, you sort of gravitated towards the most and you said the story is really portrayed in the song with the line I know you got someone and so do I but there are times I'd still wonder what it'd be like um, yeah what tell me about the meaning behind those lyrics and what do they what do they mean to you now hearing it back yeah um, so <laughs> unfortunately you don't get to choose who you fall in love with so it can mean that if you're with someone or someone else is with someone, you can obviously still fall in love with them. So that's kind of what that line means to me, is you don't really get to choose who you fall in love with. Um, yeah. What else could I say about that? Yeah, I don't know. I think I think that describes the line pretty good. Oh, for sure. And so um, let's get into your next song. You had a song called Told Me You Love Me. Um, but your most recent one was No Coming Back From You, written by acclaimed songwriters Heidi Ray, Johnny Bulford, and James Otto. Um, James Otto has a great song. I, I don't remember what it's called. Um, I think, um, man, I forget what it's called. Um, anyways, um what was it like to create that, that new song that you've released uh, called no, no Coming Back From You? Yeah, so the first three songs that I released, so all three that I have released now, they were all recorded at the same time. Um, so we finally got this one out. We were waiting a while to put this one out. Um, but No Coming Back From You is just being in love with someone so much that there's nobody else out there for you. And you couldn't imagine being with anybody else. I mean, what does it take for, I guess, for you as an artist to to be able to tell that story 
in, I guess, not only in a heart-wrenching way, but also a really happy way as well. Like, what what goes into creating songs? Um, and when do you know? I guess the more important question is that is, when do you know when a song is done? Do you, do you, do you find specific things that you feel that sort of complete your your project that you feel that you say the answer of yes that's done and uh, we can now uh, put the final master on it and then it's done when do you know it's complete well i've actually been struggling with this one for my next two that i'm releasing because we always seem to be done we're like okay this is good but it's not perfect <laughs> so that's been my struggle and i think you know when a song is done when it makes you cry when you <laughs> i always cry when it's perfect um and we finally got that with my next song coming up and i'm super excited to share that one with you guys but i think it's perfect just when you can feel it and then there's nothing else that you can critique about it and you're just in love with it for sure and um would you like to spill the tea on what the names of the songs are? So my next one that I'm releasing is called Yesterday's Rain. Um, it's, you might have heard me play it live if you've ever seen me live before. But it's about um, finally feeling better after a really bad heartbreak. I mean, there was this one question, I guess, when uh, when I was talking to some uh, American Idol contestants and um, I was asking these, these questions about, you know, not about the audition process, but I was asking them, like, when you ever have the free time to go out and do something to feel the freedom of not only the weight of American Idol and the pressure that can, that can get to you with the competition like that, do you ever just go out on a Starbucks run or do you ever just go out and, and treat yourself with, like, you know, like, I don't know what it's called. Oh, damn it. What's the, what, what are they called? Um uh, I forget what the guilt. What's the guilty food? Um, guilty pleasures. Like, guilty pleasures. Um, My, the reason I laughed is actually because mine is Starbucks, and I do that quite often. If I'm having a bad day, you will see me at Starbucks with a coffee in hand. It cures everything. Do you want to share with the listeners what your order is at Starbucks? I have three different orders, actually. It depends what I'm feeling that day. So would you like all three or just one? <laughs> Tell us all three stages of, of what you feel. Awesome. Okay, so if it's a cold day and I'm feeling like I need like a comfort food, I get a grande white mocha with vanilla sweet cream cold foam and extra caramel drizzle. And if it's cold day, if it's a warm day, sorry, I'll get it iced. And then if it's like a summery kind of, I don't need a coffee day, I get a grande pink drink with vanilla sweet cream, cold foam, strawberry puree in the foam, and then light ice. <laughs> and how much does that cost altogether? A lot. <laughs> I'm yeah. gonna go so so let's, let's just confirm that you're paying a hefty amount for Starbucks. Um, yeah. And I can, I can vouch for that experience because... When I was in college, I used to do. Um, they had a, they had a Tim Hortons and a Starbucks. But they, for the first year, Tim Hortons was open, and the second time it was closed because of construction. Um, so Starbucks was the only option that they had there. Um, 
And so when you go down there, um, it's so expensive. Like it's really ridiculous. Like I'm, I'm being honest. Like as much as I want to say I would, would love Starbucks, it's not worth it. It's, it's oh. really not worth it. I guess, I guess, I guess that it depends on what you're getting. But the thing right. is, but the thing is, let's let's just make this one thing clear: it's expensive. Don't waste your time on it. If you find cheaper bakeries, go there. Um, I would suggest if you're gonna waste your free time. Waiting in line for a Starbucks drink, that's, what, $15? Well, okay, so it's, one, expensive. Two, it takes so long to make, but it tastes so good. <laughs> that's the only good thing I can say about it. I mean, what other desserts do you get from Starbucks? Do you get anything, like, dessert-related that you get? A birthday cake pop. Those are really good. I mean, I am not satisfied with them. Really? No, it, it's just ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Oh, I will take it. <laughs> I, I mean, well, I mean, it's it's been so great to chat with you. But I mean, I have to ask you, you you've also had uh, performing experiences in uh, different uh, venues. You've you played in the Jubilee Auditorium and you played on Station on Station on Jasper. Um the Big Valley Jamboree in Ranchman's Calgary. Is there one place that you want to play that's on your bucket list? The Grand Old Opry, for sure. I also really want to play the Jubilee again. The sound in there is so beautiful. Absolutely. Do you know who you want to play um, a song with at the Grand Old Opry? Is there someone in particular that sticks out to you? I mean, obviously Adele, but I feel like that's not really in the country vibe. So if we were going country, hmm... Cody Johnson. I love Cody Johnson. I I cannot disagree on that one. Uh Cody Johnson. Um if you haven't heard his music, it's really good. Um his song um Human uh is a really good one. And um I don't know, Cody Johnson um is an interesting character. He's um he's a really honest guy. He doesn't doesn't have no BS with him. Um, if he sees BS, he'll he'll call it out first and foremost. Um, <laughs> I guess I guess Shania Twain is an interesting one too. Um, I remember seeing recently that she brought a Mitch Marner and his fiance up to the stage in Toronto Scotiabank Arena um, the other night, which is really cool to see. Are you into hockey? Do you do you watch sports? What's what's going on there? I'm more of a lacrosse gal, to be honest with you. Hockey doesn't resonate with me very much. <laughs> and why is that? I find, okay, don't hate me. Don't hate on me. I don't want to get canceled already, but I find it to be a little slow for my liking. <laughs> I mean, everyone's entitled to their own opinion, so I'll respect that. Um, I guess there's two differences within that, though, because... If you're watching it on on TV, it might seem slow, but if you're in person, um, it's a whole atmosphere and it's a whole different change. Um, yeah. I've been to, I've been to several Leafs games, and let me tell you, it's it's a whole atmosphere change once 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 you're in the building. Like I yeah. I know some I know some people will fall asleep um, in games um, <laughs> because like if it's like boring and nothing's really happening, like they'll immediately fall asleep. Um, yeah. Well, you can't really sleep in in games like that. Like the atmosphere is just crazy when people erupt. Um, 
you feel it within your feet. It's, it's, it's a whole energy thing. Um, so with that being said, my last uh, question to you is um, if there was one person in, that's already in heaven that you want to play a song with, who would it be and what song would you play? Oh, wow. These are great questions. Okay. Okay. So my grandma Fergie, she was an incredible piano player. And honestly, I would love to play a song with her. Um, I don't know what song we'd play, but it would be a song and I would love to play with her. And my grandma Grape as well. I would love to play a song for her. <laughs> just because she loved it when I played for her so there's two people absolutely well it's the end of our time together but thank you so much for chatting with me to the listeners who made it this far into the episode thanks so much for sticking around I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Canadian country singer songwriter Megan Page you can connect with Megan on all social media platforms um, you can follow me on all social media platforms as well and on podcasting platforms is where you can find my show I've been your host Shik Mikkel saying thanks for tuning into the show Thank you.